This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Cream of Feet. It's similar to Cream of Wheat, but every box comes with a live human. And then you, after you make the Cream of Wheat, you have to eat it off of that human's toes. Mm-mm-mm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that was really edited poorly. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. I'm going to edit like the last portion of this. Into this. <laughs> uh, and today we are talking about moments in film that are greatly edited. That, mm-hmm. That's not that, that wasn't a good sentence. Moments in films <laughs> with great editing. Don't worry, I'll edit it out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I thought that like there was an interesting conversation to have even before we get into it, just mm-hmm. because. Um, so, so Mm. the reason why I came up with this was because, um, you've been editing. Well, yes, because I've been working on my first short film. Mm -hmm. It's just cigarettes (laughs) like slowly being lit down. (laughs) Um, no. So it's a, it's a short film series that I'm going to be working on and maybe we could talk about it. Um, like next up, like, I don't know, whatever. Well, we'll, I think we'll have a conversation about it just because I think it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, but since I am kind of doing it all by myself, I am entirely, I am in charge of the audio, the lighting, the, mm-hmm. the actual camera moving, um, the camera, and of course the editing. Um, it made me realize how important and how difficult editing is, mm-hmm. um, because it's a hard task to do. It is. And if it's done, if it's not done right, it can really ruin a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen like a really poorly edited film. Oh, I have. Um, and then it just ruins the flow, the momentum, mm-hmm. everything about like it, there can be a really great shot. But if it's not edited properly, it, it just can be ruined entirely. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think it's important to give your a, a little tip of the hat to the to the editors, because um, they say that, you know, a great film, a great film editor basically kind of goes under the radar mm-hmm. like you don't you don't notice really good editing in a movie and um, that's the point right um it should just flow together but i think there are standouts oh yeah where you do notice it and you're like damn that was a really good mm-hmm. fucking edit um and uh yeah so i think again kind of like what i was mentioning earlier is that while a great shot is incredible a really good edit can be just as important mm-hmm. if not more important because no matter how good of a how, no, no matter how good your story is and how great your shot list is and how good, good everything looks, if it's not put together properly, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, Zach, why don't you start us off? I'd love to. So my first one that I'm going to choose is um, actually like it's not so much like a scene specifically that's edited, but like kind of more the entire film. Hmm. Um, and that's Birdman. Uh, I wanted to put in 1917, but I still haven't seen that yet. Uh, but Birdman does it just as well where, like we were saying, like editing can be so subtle that like you don't notice it. And the way that Birdman is edited, it feels like it's all just one continuous shot. Yeah. And I think that's harder to do than any other type of editing because it's like you have to be like on the money, like pinpoint that like this scene goes into this scene properly. And you can see that specifically from like when uh, Michael Keaton's character gets locked out of the studio and he has to make his way around the building right. back inside. In his underwear. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's done so well that, again, you don't notice like where the cuts are. Like I think 
We even talked about it too when we did the episode. Like the only scene in the film that feels like it was cut and edited was when it went to a separate day and like the camera panned up right. and it went from like night to like sunrise and then back down. Yeah. That's it. That was the only spot. Everything else was one continuous shot. And that's a good edit. That like, is. That's really good. It is. 1917 does a really good job too of it. Um, it's similar where there's like one scene mm-hmm. where your main character gets like knocked unconscious and there's like a hard cut. Mm-hmm. It's like everything goes black and then he wakes back up and, and then it's like, okay, clearly there was like an edit there. The time has passed, you yeah. know? Um, but for the, everything else, the whole film is just one seamless journey, which it's is really cool. impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. I love, I love when it's done well, because especially like when you're, I think that like, the the one continuous shot film mm-hmm. is if it's done well, I think people don't even notice it. Exactly. Yeah. And again, that's kind of like leaning back to what we said of like it's important. Well, it's fucking... good good editing goes unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't. I think that like if if you become if it becomes too showy, like hey, this is all one shot. If it becomes too showy, then it kind of ruins the whole thing about it. Like. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be. You want it to be subtle. You want it to just. You want it to flow so naturally that you don't even realize that there's no cuts. Yeah. Um. All right. That, yeah. That's a really good choice. Um. Good job, Zach. You get one gold star. Yay! <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the fridge. <laughs> um. So I'm gonna come out swinging. Okay. <laughs> with what I think is probably, in my opinion, maybe one of the greatest edited scenes in all of film, mm-hmm. and I want to give a a tip of the hat to my father for this one. Um, not that he did the editing, but he <laughs> he was the one that directed it. <laughs> he, um, I remember him talking about it to me when I when when I was like a young teenager about how incredible it was, mm-hmm. and and him just being so excited about it. And I was like, all right, I gotta watch this um, again with like him being kind of like in my the back of my head, being like, pay attention yeah. to this, <laughs> watch this shit. Um, and that is. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola is the Godfather, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the baptism scene with mm. Michael. Yes, um, he's getting baptized, essentially like renouncing all of his sins and mm-hmm. like get, saying that he's no longer essentially going to be involved with any evil and all that. Um, Meanwhile, and, he's got to hit out and, on people, <laughs> and he's and he's just getting all of these people assassinated. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a really, really great kind of paying homage to that in the television series Breaking Bad mm-hmm. um, where Walter gets like all of those prisoners killed at like his was a little bit different where it was like it needs to be done within like I think like 60 seconds or mm-hmm. like 120 seconds or something it needs to be done within two minutes and there's all these different prisoners in different prisons and they all have to be killed at this exact same time um, really 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 like great and that just kind of shows you like how like important it, it was of, of a, of a moment. And I think that it literally is, in my opinion, one of the greatest edited scenes ever. I mean, mm-hmm. the contrast of him, you know, being baptized and the baby being baptized. And then you're just getting all of these like hard cuts to guys getting locked in like a revolving door and getting shot yeah. or, you know, on the, on the masseuse table and then getting shot through his glasses in the <laughs> eye or, um, you know, opening up the elevator door and then he's got a double barrel shotgun mm-hmm. and he gets blown away. And then, like, as it's being finished and, and you have it all being done in Italian and you just have all of these final still shots of just the lifeless bodies bleeding out in the streets and on the floor and on the ground. Uh, and then him just 
like essentially like renouncing Satan and renouncing evil. In my opinion, it's incredible storytelling mixed with editing to Mm -hmm. like, it's just perfection. Yeah. That's why like Francis Ford Coppola, man, Godfather one and two could not go wrong. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. All right, my next one. I'm not going to come out swinging yet because I, I want to save mine for the, the, the end there, the creme de la creme okay. of what I think is the best editing. But next one up, though, is the the drug use that they used for Requiem for a Dream. Mm. I think the editing on that is really cool because, again, like you said, it tells a story where you you have like these very like quick cuts of like needle like injection, then like I like the, the blood flow, like... Um, the red blood cells going, the eyes, like the pupils dilating, yeah. Um, like the the bag, like just being flicked at, like all these like very very quick things, and then it, it was interesting to because that's how they got around like actually showcasing like them doing the drugs, um, because I feel like at that point in time like you couldn't really show them like actually shooting up, mm. or maybe they just didn't want to because you know. It's kind of bad, <laughs> but it was an interesting way because it's like you have like these very quick cuts of everything and then you get to see them like afterwards, like just very docile, very like calm because of the drugs. And it was like this very stark contrast of it, of like, you know, the rush to get the drugs. Yeah. And then once you have it in your system, you feel normal, you feel calm. Yeah. And I thought that was like a really, really cool way to do it. That's that was like one of those. I think wasn't a Requiem for a Dream like on your list of like you can only watch it once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that movie makes me so uncomfortable. I, I I literally only watched it once when we did the podcast yeah, for yeah, it because yeah, I was like, like never I, again. No, I I just don't want to do intense. it again. It is intense. Okay, so I wanted to go with my next pick, which is uh, this stands this uh, this uh scene always stood out to me as incredible editing. Um, and that is in From Dusk Till Dawn mm-hmm. when uh, Richard kills the hostage mm-hmm. in their like motel room, that woman. Yeah. And Seth comes in and he sees the body and it just hangs on on Seth's face looking at the body. And he's talking to Richard being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you do this? <laughs> and and Richie's like, you, you should, you know, as soon as you left, man, like you, she, she became a totally different person. You have mm-hmm. no idea, you know, all that. And you get these like really, really quick flashes of like the, the crime scene, essentially like a quick glance of like her foot hanging off the bed mm-hmm. and like a quick glance of like blood on the wall and a quick glance of like, you know, the pillow and it was, it's just one of those scenes that I think is done so well, especially with like the ambient kind of noise that they use mm-hmm. and, and just everything that's being like everything about that film or everything about that scene is, is edited so perfectly in my opinion that, that when, when you see Seth, like see the body and then the fucking like cartoons are playing on the TV mm-hmm. and you're just like, Oh my God, he fucking killed her. Like yeah. I cannot <laughs> believe this. And can't bring this guy anywhere. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like those quick flashes. And then they do something really kind of smart, which is they, he turns around, Seth turns around and he's, and he's like standing in the doorway and you can kind of see the crime scene. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's that it's got that shallow depth of field. So it's kind of out of focus, but you can kind of make up what the hell happened like over his, over his shoulder. Yeah. 
it's just, in my opinion, it's just so well edited. I love that. I think mm-hmm. it's incredible. You love From Dust Till Dawn. I do. Did you ever watch the show? Wasn't it not no, as good? I never watched the show. Um, Apparently, it was actually pretty good. But uh, I There's just... There's not I, many vampires in it, though. Oh, well, I, I heard. I, I haven't seen it, so I, I can't really um say... Because, I mean, like, wh- I, again, I haven't watched it, so I don't know what it would be about. Because, I mean, like... It's a prequel. A- after they get out of the bar... Is it a prequel? It takes place before the bar. I think it's a prequel. Yeah. Well, then that doesn't make sense because because they would never they wouldn't have met vampires. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I can't say, but apparently I've heard like decent things about it. Okay. I know I know Robert Rodriguez is involved with it, so mm. I don't know. He he, he, has, he he can swing hard and hit hard, and sometimes like he can such miss. A weird so bad. filmography. Yeah, I know. It's like Machete and like. Um, Planet Terror, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and Puss in Boots. Like yeah. it's it's such a weird diversity of it. Yeah. But anyways, my next one. Um, I literally just thought about it on the spot because I wanted to take one out of it. Um, editing can also be done like in unique ways of like overlapping scenes. Yeah. Um, and one that like came to mind, which I, in my opinion, was like incredibly powerful, was the ending to Midsommar of. Danny like just crying and laughing at the same time like fully becoming the May Queen and overlapping the the barn on fire <laughs> and it's it's literally like this one shot there what an ending oh man <laughs> again it's kind of a perfect movie I fucking hate saying that I hate trying to explain to people what I mean by that um but like it's really well done and like it showcases so well in the story of like where Danny is at right now and like where she's feeling where all of like the trauma and like the past like relationships are just burning away yeah and she gets like that small little smile at the last shot of it and it's like it's beautiful like she understands that she now belongs yeah but it's the way that it was edited to like overlap each other and I think that's what like made it really really powerful yeah because had you had it where it's like showing Danny and then editing to shoot like the barn, it wouldn't have had the same impact. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to, this, this would be like an honorable mention just because the way that you mentioned it's not on my original, it's, mm-hmm. it's not on my original list, but um, what you were saying about like that overlaying, it immediately made me think of uh, Yorgos Who framed Lanthimos. Rod Rabbit? No, no, no. Yorgos <laughs> Lanthimos is the favorite at the mm-hmm. end with the, with the mm-hmm. rabbits. Yes. Um, what a, what an impactful ending. Mm-hmm. Oh man. God, I saw that movie in theaters. It was so good. It was so good. I love mm-hmm. that movie. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, my next one is a, also f- kind of like what your first pick is when you, when you were like the entirety of the film, mm-hmm. um, which is what we just did, which is Sus- Suspiria 2018. Mm. Um, I think that it might be one of the best edited movies like ever, in my opinion. Like I, I think the editing is so fucking tight and mm-hmm. so precise and meticulous. Um and similar to like the Godfather one where it's like like there's a there's something like when when she's dancing and Olga's just getting fucking like rig, you know thrown yes. around in that room like it's a really great scene and it and it's edited like the editing is what makes it so powerful yeah uh with her getting tossed around and then cutting back to Dakota Johnson like you know moving moving her arms and her body and and then Olga just getting tossed around and it's just like so precise and like the same thing with like the like when they when they're doing their kind of final dance and they're all in like the red rope um outfits Mm -hmm. and every movement is just so precise and every edit is just so it's just like my way that it was like sped up and slowed down just makes it look so good at the end yeah 
it's just such a such a perfectly edited film in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it really might be like one of the best edited movies I may have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just it's just so meticulous and precise and you could tell that there was so much like thought and detail put into it um, and like love. Yeah. For a film that is fucking insane, like like it, <laughs> it goes zero to a hundred like real quick. It does, and 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 like you, it's so kind of bizarre to to talk about a f- like like how much care was put into a film mm-hmm. that's about witches murdering people. Like it's just <laughs> such a, it's such a bizarre like a weird concept, and and like kind of like hard to like you to to sit there and be like there was so much love, you know, and and like attention to detail kind of crafted for a film like a horror movie mm-hmm. is kind of i think like a unique sentence that doesn't be you get said all the time because most of the time you're at that at that point you're talking about you know typical like drama yeah, slashers or like stuff well yeah right no i mean like the yeah like you don't get like the kind of love and detail usually that like a drama yeah would get or a like a romance film would get or uh you know like a bi- like a biopic or something mm-hmm. like like the idea of like that's kind of like your traditional ones where everybody like puts all their love and like care into um and then like once we kind of got more into like the 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 90s and like the early 2000s like horror just kind of became this like throwaway kind of genre yeah. and like seeing Susperia and being like man like there was so much love and detail and the music and the everything about it, like it being shot on that that uh, that Kodak film, is mm-hmm. just like everything about it is just so like beautiful and and you can tell that they that they spent so much time like creating the world. Mm-hmm. It's just I just love to see it and like the editing of that film is just so so incredible. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> Suspiria. Um, my next one. We've talked about it a lot. I don't want to like talk like a lot, a lot about it. All but right, so we'll skip over it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on to the next one. No, um, the way again, like full film almost, the way that Pulp Fiction was edited to be like non-linear. I don't know if we did. I feel like we haven't talked about Pulp Fiction that much. We haven't talked about Pulp Fiction in a while, but like we maybe like, in the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning we were talking like nonstop about it. Okay. Um, because again, Tarantino. We talked about him a lot, but mm-hmm. the way that like he did Pulp Fiction and edited it to where it's like these four different stories and like they're all nonlinear of like you don't know exactly when like it's taking place until like maybe halfway through that specific story. Yeah, I think was edited really well because like at the time like nobody else had done that and nobody else had thought like hey let's make a story that like can come full circle but like you're not gonna get it from like beginning middle and end yeah you're gonna get it from beginning and middle right Yeah, and i think that was like a really cool way to do it Mm -hmm. um especially too like when you get stuff of like the whole thing of like uh marcel wallace and then like bruce willis's character and then you have him meeting up with vincent but then the following scene is the one with vincent and jules right so it's like you don't you you kind of have to like sit there and think about like okay where does this fit into the story yeah. and like where does it kind of like play out yeah and i think it would not have been as fun of a film if it was from like beginning middle end i like yeah. the fact that it was edited broken the, up yeah, yeah i like the fact that it was edited to the point of like nothing fully fully makes sense well because like it's it's a technique that kind of really a it gives you rewatchability mm-hmm. and b it really makes you pay attention yeah 
um, because if you don't pay attention, then you're completely lost. Mm -hmm. But if you fully pay attention to it, it's really not that difficult to follow. Exactly. But if you're not following it, then, you know, you you step away to go to the bathroom and you don't pause it. And then Mm -hmm. you come back. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. So, but yeah, it definitely gives you that, that, that kind of rewatchability aspect of it where it's just like, okay, I need to rewatch that. So I think I fully understand what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, smart, mm. intelligent, yep. not you. That's, him. oh, I was going <laughs> to say that's two, two picks for me. Um, so my next one is one that, um, I have rewatched this, um, opening montage, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch and never gets any easier. <laughs> uh, bastards. No. And, uh, and is just, it's basically perfect in my opinion. Um, and that is the opening montage to up. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The my life, God, man, the life and loss. <laughs> Disney has no fucking business <laughs> making that sad of an opening. It is. You get, you get so much about it, man. You, you see their relationship early on as kids and how they first meet and then them getting older and starting up a family and constantly like not being able to save up enough money because things keep going wrong. They buy a house, something whatever, something breaks, whatever they gotta get. They gotta keep dipping into their funds and mm-hmm. whatnot. And but then you get like the nice stuff of like them like painting the mailbox, yeah, and, like, the and handprints on. Right, you get so much. You get you get like you get an entire lifetime mm-hmm. in ten minutes. In in yeah, and like just such a short period of time, and. And then, of course, it comes to the like that conclusion of just her, you know, getting diagnosed with probably cancer, I would imagine. And mm-hmm. then her and she ends up dying. And it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. But it's done so well that it's just like, my God, <laughs> like, like, why must you do this yes. to me? Also a movie for kids. It is technically. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's a it's a it's a kid's film, but opens up. Pretty fucking sad, mm-hmm. but it's done so well, man. And I think it masks it because the rest of the film is so like lighthearted, yeah. and it's just. But it's it's such a well edited montage, and and it's such a great way of telling a story. And the fact that again, like you get an entire lifetime of these people in, like you said, probably around you know whatever ten minutes, five minutes is just. It's it's a hard thing to do well, mm-hmm. you know, to tell an entire lifetime. In such a short amount of time, yeah, but still feel like you know them so well. Defeat, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, my last pick. This my, is, the this grand, is your, the granddaddy. Grand, I, I wonder what because I saved my second, like my second best one in mm-hmm. my opinion, which is like one of the greatest single cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder what yours is. I wonder if it's the same. So mine, like you mentioned before, Suspiria had like a very unique thing of bringing horror editing. Ah, so that's not the same thing. <laughs> Correctly, but. Before that, the grandfather of horror, Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Yep. Psycho. Yep. Shower scene. Yes. <laughs> it, it, you can say it how you want, but the scene is edited perfectly. Like the way that he did it where it's like literally there is no shot of like stabbing. There is no shot of like the the, the person who is doing such. There is no shot of like actual blood loss being shown. But the way that he edited it to make it look like he, the, well, Norman Bates. We, we all know it. The movie came out 60 years ago. <laughs> Norman Bates was the killer. <laughs> Norman Bates killing the girl, like stabbing her to death in the bathtub. Like, is, like, it's shown so well to make you think that he's stabbing her like 80 different times. And meanwhile, there was 
not a single like shot. You never you never see the knife go into her. Yes. You never see any nudity. Nope. Um you never see Well, I I heard that like you get like a split second of like a nip slip, but that I I don't even think you do. I don't I haven't seen it. <laughs> you like I've watched it frame <laughs> I've, by frame. I've seen this movie 80 <laughs> times examining it. Never seen it. <laughs> um yeah, no, it's definitely um I think I think what holds that movie up especially that scene is that it was released like you know when it when it was released it was so jaw dropping mm-hmm. that I think like somebody being like I remember seeing it in theaters and that we've we've literally never seen anything like that before mm-hmm. is kind of like what makes it so you know, ubiquitous with yeah. like being like that scene, mm-hmm. you know, plus two, it did not have to be in black and white. Like that was right. Alfred Hitchcock's choice. Yeah. Dirty. Mm. Grimy. What a, what a, what a grimy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good final pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that that's kind of like, a like one that is like kind of like it's widely regarded as like one of the greatest, like, ed- like edited mm-hmm. scenes ever. Um, and I'm going to probably say that my last pick is also as well. Um, Chappy, all of it. No, <laughs> um, but I do think that it's with one single cut, so much is being said. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. I don't. Um, but that is Stanley Kubrick's 2001: A Space mm-hmm. Odyssey. The bone being thrown yes. up okay. in the air yeah. and Duh. then cut to the ship, ship, mm-hmm. satellite, whatever it is. Um, in this in space and it's I think it's one of the greatest single cuts ever you know you can almost put like anything from 2001 space odyssey into it because like you really get like up leading to that point you really get like this whole big thing about like tools and evolution and like the bone like being thrown up as like a tool right so or a weapon. Yes, as a weapon, so to speak, and then being shown as the ship, which again is a tool or a weapon. Like right. I think is really, really cool and really well done to like showcase like the evolution of time. And he does it like you literally go from you you pretty much travel like millions of years, mm-hmm. like four million years with that in throw. one cut. Mm-hmm. It's in it's just such a perfectly edited i mean it the way that it's like flying in the sky going up and then it just cuts to the fucking ship man i mean every time i watch it it just it blows me away it's mm-hmm. such a powerful edit um and again there's so much that can be taken away from it i mean like you, you you're you, it makes you think about evolution it makes you mm-hmm. think about mankind it makes you think about um how we like like where we started and where we are now it makes you think about like the, the concept and idea of us literally being these like Neanderthal like Neanderthals and now we're traveling in space yeah and we're having conversations and we we're able to hold memories and mm-hmm. thoughts yep. and 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 it's, there's just so much that on top of that built like our brains expanding to the point that we can build something like yeah, this ship yeah it's just such an incredible edit that. If you haven't seen 2001, please, we have to do it. I know. <laughs> we, we keep have, saying we, that. We keep saying it, and we have to do it. But, mm-hmm. like, it's going to happen this year. We have to talk about 2001 mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, when, I don't know. But we will We will do it, and uh, it's going to be 
quite a quite a fucking episode. It'll be it'll be like our last episode of the year, if maybe, nothing else. Yeah, maybe because it's just so good, man. Mm-hmm. I love that fucking movie. Um, and I think again, like I said, I think it's one of the greatest single cuts in all of cinema. Mm-hmm. So, those are our picks. Yep. What are yours? Yeah, did you have any honorable mentions? No, not no. really. I mean, the the only other one that I had was um the one that I originally had in it, which was kind of like again most of if not just like the beginning like 10 minutes of Mad Max Fury Road um mm. these like fast cuts these like uh added with the music of like the cars and the sounds like it just feels like it's edited as if you were racing so yeah. it's like i mean then that's the point of the movie yeah but i didn't feel like it was big enough to like go fully in depth with yeah okay cool um i have a recommendation oh um, that's new we have that <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, I kind of actually ironically mentioned Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. uh, I think, with the Godfather one. Is it Better uh, Call Saul? It is Better Call Saul. Ah, I heard nothing but good things about so it. So I, I I just rewatched all of Breaking Bad with my girl, mm-hmm. and she was like, let's watch. She's like, we got to watch Better Call Saul now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Prequel. I, I wasn't super like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I never watched it. I haven't I, I haven't seen any of it. And I was just like, I, I was just like not really super interested in mm-hmm. it. Um. I, and I was worried that it was going to lean, like, too much into, like, you know, like, remember this, remember yeah. this, remember Which this. Which I heard it doesn't. I heard it's, like, very stand it's on its own. It's very much its own show. Um, there are of, – so I'm still on the first season. I'm probably, like, six or seven episodes into the first season. Um, it's all on Netflix. Um, and, you know – you you obviously are running into some characters that you've met before, but you're not. It's not. It doesn't feel like they're pandering to the audience. It mm-hmm. feels like it does make sense, and 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 like the way that they are organically getting like weaved in is pretty good. I mean, so far there's only really been one character I think that I that I can think of that has shown up from Breaking Bad, and again, this is only season one. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really I, I like. I like uh, Saul. Yeah. Saul's, a, Saul's a fun character, um, but like it's interesting to see him like really, really trying to become like a real lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like not what you were expected. Like you kind of just imagine him always being this dirty lawyer. Yeah, and that's just not what he is. Like this whole first season, he's really trying his his damnedest to be like a really good lawyer. Um, but Mike shows up mm-hmm. in this season. Mike's been like like uh, you you learn so much more about Mike, and it's just like my God, like. <laughs> So it's just like one of those things where it's like if you if you really like the Breaking Bad universe and um and you you, you like that world and and the characters, um it's a no brainer. Yeah. I can't believe it took me so long to actually like watch it because uh, it's so worth it. That's why, and it's really hard to do stuff like that too, where it's like that after a great show ends and like doing the prequel esque type thing. Yeah. Like I feel like it normally like flounders. Like I yeah. same thing for like Sons of Anarchy and the Mayans. Like I heard Mayans is okay, but it's like again and then game of thrones is having like fucking something of dragons who cares <laughs> who cares <laughs> I, I don't need like i i feel kind of weird about like prequel stuff but like better call saul is like the one that i've heard that like is actually able to stand on its own yeah yeah so i think it was great man mm-hmm. i think so i'm really enjoying it a lot and uh i think that uh, if you are a fan of breaking bad in that world then uh it's definitely worth a watch mm-hmm. all right zach what are we doing next so um we are going to be doing probably from what I can remember mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, over the years and years and years of us loving a 24, 
I believe that this is kind of like their most most loved and best regarded film that they've ever done that they've ever uh, been a, a part of. Were we doing Hereditary? No, uh, <laughs> we are going to be doing Moonlight. Okay, um, and I think it's got like a perfect score, essentially, like on um, really on like Rotten Tomatoes. If not, a, it's like really, really damn close. It's like ninety eight, ninety nine percent. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Um, everybody was talking about Moonlight when it came out. It won a bunch of awards. It was it was just like every like nobody could like stop talking about Moonlight, mm-hmm. but it still kind of falls in that oh, indie yeah, kind of yeah. like weird space of like it not being like you know like to a typical kind of uh mm-hmm. you know viewer like you you might mention Moonlight and be like you know they may be like I never heard of it yeah um so we're gonna talk about Moonlight Moonlight um clearly you've never seen it so I haven't I'm is this the one where he's a opinion. boxer uh I'm or not gonna no. tell you anything about it okay I'm just gonna tell you that. It's a good movie. Okay. And we're gonna and we're gonna review it. Zach, <laughs> take us out. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits. <laughs>